Hello there, and welcome to Odessa First Assembly's weekly podcast, where we bring you the heart of our Sunday message. I'm Tony, your host and the face behind our digital ministry. We're excited to dive into today's sermon, exploring the Word of God together. So grab your coffee, find a comfy spot, and let's embark on this journey of faith. Without further ado, here's this week's sermon. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? It's exciting. Amen. There's this row of lights right here, too, if we can bring those on. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Philippians we're going to be looking at this morning. Um, just really quick, kind of, um, normally we try to give about a, a month, but we want to have a baptismal celebration kind of before we get into the Christmas season. So um, the sign-up is not out yet, but if you'll let us know, uh, we know that several have voiced interest. And so December 3rd, we're going to have a water baptism celebration. So excited about that. Please let us know. We'll have a sign-up next week. And also something else to keep in mind is that next Sunday, um, there was a misprint on some of the things for Saturday, but it's next Sunday afternoon that where we'll be decorating for Christmas. And so that usually takes all of us uh, that can join in to help. We usually start about five o'clock on Saturday. So um, a week from today, five o'clock on that Sunday, we'll be decorating for Christmas. So if you can come out and help us and we'll have stuff on social media and texting and stuff like that to let you know that. But we are glad that you're in the house. Philippians chapter four, we're in part three of Be Thankful. And this morning I want to focus really in on being thankful when it's difficult because sometimes it is difficult to be thankful. Has anybody ever experienced that? And so also we have our notes. If you have your notebook, um, you can uh, follow along there. The notes are on version. You can join us there. Um, but also we're coming, did you know it's almost, it's almost... 2024. Is that crazy? I think that's pretty nuts. And so, uh, but we always put out a a Bible reading plan for the beginning of the year. And so these are out on the information desk. This time, it's pretty cool. We have something that can fit in your sermon notebook. And then there's also Um, a larger version, and this is the McShann reading plan. Matter of fact, the first time I ever read through scripture all the way was this reading plan. And so if you would like to grab this, it's all, it'll also be on our online calendar, but you can grab either one of these. If you want to read through the Bible next year, all the way through it, actually, if you follow this plan, you'll not only read through the Bible, but you'll read through the new Testament twice in a year, which is pretty cool. And it's pretty, pretty easy to do. It's about four chapters a day to do that. So Philippians chapter four is where we're looking this morning. We'll pick up there in just a moment. But I, you know, I, I was just kind of thinking about uh, what I'm thankful for. Maybe remember the, old, remember the old song, Count Your Blessings, name them one by one. Anybody remember that, that old song? We used to sing it. And uh, so I was just thinking, just counting my blessings a little bit. And so um, this Thanksgiving, I'm thankful that there's not twice as many congressmen and half as many doctors. I mean, I think some of you need some coffee or something. That I don't have to water or mow my grass every week now. I still have to mow it from like when I needed to mow, but we get to that. We've been in a remodel, y'all, so... 
I'm, I'm grateful that uh, civil servants aren't less civil. I'm, I'm grateful that those in their that, that teenagers um, or 20-somethings will ultimately one day have teenagers and 20-somethings get a taste of their own medicine. Um, I'm thankful this week I'm not a turkey. I'm, I'm hoping this week I'm thankful that I'm not a white-tailed deer. I'm, I'm thankful that there's going to be some point in time this week I'm going to be by a campfire. Oh, that just gave me goosebumps, y'all. I'm, I'm thankful that for the most part that houses are still more expensive than cars. I'm thankful that uh, spaces on t-shirts and bumper stickers are limited. Um, I'm thankful for a wife that loves her family and serves the Lord with all of her heart. I'm thankful for three kids that all serve the Lord and feel called to ministry. Um, I'm thankful that hugs and kisses don't cause you to gain weight or cause cancer. And I'm, I'm grateful that we can turn cell phones off but you can never turn off the moon and the stars. The heavens declare the glory of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. Just, we know this season, it just, we want to reflect and, and be more thankful and grateful. Lord, for all the good that you've done for us and through us and in us. And I pray today, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts, that our hearts would be good soil, Lord, ready to receive your word and prepare us, Lord. I, there, there are some, when we head in the holidays, it's a difficult season for some. And I just pray your strength and your work in hearts and lives, Lord, and let them know your presence in a special way. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Philippians chapter 4, I'm going to be reading out of the New Living this morning, New Living Translation. Philippians 4, 4, we're going to begin just four verses. Um, there's a couple of these verses that we talk about often, but I want to read them in the passage, Philippians chapter 4, always be full of the joy in the Lord, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you're considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. I like how Paul writes that. Be nice to everybody because Jesus is coming back. That, that's a little West Texas vernacular, maybe. Verse 6, don't worry about anything. Everybody say anything. Instead, pray about everything. Everybody say everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard our hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I like how the New Living states that, as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I don't know, maybe you have seen something, have you ever seen something, a label that says um, contents under pressure? You know, there's, they, you know, any aerosol kind of maybe hairspray or spray paint, you know, that type of stuff. But, um, you know, I've, I've got a, I've, I've, I've been open that I'm, I've just got a little bit of redneck in me. I love being out in the field, love being out at our farm and, and being outside. But one of the things we like to do, now some of you may never heard about this, some of you probably have, but there's this thing called Tannerite. 
Has anybody heard of Tannerite? Oh, Tannerite's so much fun. If you like boom or things to go kaboom, Tannerite's your thing, right? And so I would say that Tannerite, it's, it, it's an explosive and it's pretty explosive. And so we were experimenting one time. And so we had a 55 gallon barrel drum and we were wondering how much Tannerite it takes to launch a 55 gallon barrel. I wish I had the video. I wish I had thought about to queue it up today. But so, so we were trying to figure out how mu- we, we figured out how much Tannerite it took to explode a porcelain toilet and watermelons and things of that nature. But we wanted to launch a, launch a drum. And so I'm going to tell you, it takes four pounds to launch a 55 gallon barrel drum about 80 feet in the air. I mean, it is the most awesome thing you'll ever see. It's wonderful. But that, that, that's a little bit con content under pressure and there's a lot of us that live life under pressure and usually this takes that one little thing to make a snap come on I, I know I know it's not just me I, I was thinking when I was young you know my, my grandparents they had uh, a lot of rental property and I had some friends that lived in one of my grandparents' house, and we were messing around. We had BB guns, you know, messing around, shooting things, whatever. And uh, so one of the, one of these guys, he had an idea. He says, "Hey, wait a minute, I'll be right back." And he runs inside his house, and he comes back out, and he has a 12 gauge shotgun shell and a hammer. And I was like, "I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but that's not going to end very well." And so I started walking away. I was like, "I'll see you guys later." I start leaving. And the next thing I hear, you hear a boom, and then you hear a kid, ah, I mean, screaming. And I was like, well, yeah, he learned his lesson. And he had stuck that in a railroad tie and hit it with a hammer. He learned to not do that again. And, but that's the city. This takes one little thing, a little hit, and we just erupt or we explode or maybe we have a, a fit of rage. We live life and it seems like it just gets more stressful and it seems like it even gets more stressful during the holiday season. But we read a passage in Philippians chapter four and I wanna work through that and I believe if we go into this verse and we put it into practice, it'll help you. But the very first thing is this. Number one is this. It tells us don't worry about anything. Now, I, I come from a family, well, my mom, I love my mom. I, my mom is a great in, spiritual influence in my life. But if there's one thing about my mom, if there's nothing to worry about, she will invent something to worry about. Is there anybody like that in the house? I mean, it's like, it's too calm. We got to worry about something. <laughs> but the Bible says don't worry about anything, anything. Look at it. Philippians 4, 6. I mean, it tells us plainly right out the very first few words, four words. Don't worry about anything. Instead, don't worry about anything. Listen to this. And these are some of your blanks. If you're following along, you have your notebook. 40% of your worries will never happen. 40% of your worries will never happen. 30% of your worries concern the past. So let's just do a little bit of simple math. 70% of your worries you can do nothing about because they'll never happen or something that already happened. I'm gonna tell you, worry cannot change the past. Worry cannot change the future. All worry does is mess up your day today. 
But that, it doesn't end there. 12% of your worries are needless health concerns. Any hypochondriacs? Oh, yeah, there's a few of you on us. <laughs> Worry about needless. I mean, the worst thing you can do, do not go to webmd.com. It will tell you the absolute worst thing that it could ever be. 10% of your worries are insignificant, small things, petty issues. So, pro, so do the math with me. 40% will never happen. 30% concern the past. 12% uh, are needless health concerns. 10% of your worries are small things that are not worth worrying about. And so 8% of your worries are legitimate concerns. So 92% of the things that we worry about, we can either do nothing about or it's not worry, worth worrying about. Don't worry about anything. So, when really what it comes to is how, then how do we not worry about even that 8%? Listen, stewing without doing does you no good. Worry, it, it's really a learned response. It's, it, we learn it from our parents. We learn it from our peers. We learn it from experience. But the good news is I want you to know is that is something that can be unlearned. And how you unlearn that is that you put a focus in on your trust in God. Listen to me. Worry is a subtle form of distrust in God. That's what worry is. Worry is saying, God, I can... You're not doing good enough, or I can do better than you. Both of those are false statements. Worry is a form of distrust in God. But we, the so way, way we have a shift is we completely and fully and wholly trust God. Trust Him. Trust Him. Trust Him. Everybody say, trust Him. Trust God. So we are not going to worry about anything. Why? Because God measures the universe by the span of his hand. He is the one that spoke creation into existence. He's the one that designed you to allow him carry the weight for you. See, a lot of us are carrying a lot of things we were never meant to carry. And so we worry, we don't worry about anything, but what do we do? We pray about everything. It tells us, Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, what do we do? We pray about everything. Can you imagine what life would be like if the energy and the time that we spent worrying, we turned it to praying? You say, I, I don't have time to pray. If you use the time that you're using to worry, stressing, replaying the whole, all that stuff in your head, being full of anxiety, I'm going to tell you you would have time to pray. When you pray, the, real, the reality is this, is that yes, God knows everything. God is omnipresent. He's, omni he's all powerful. He's omniscient. He's all knowing. But listen to me. God wants you to have communication with him where you're expressing everything to him. Because right, we're not worrying about anything, but we're praying about everything. 
I know that's a simple concept, but the reality is this, is, I mean, sometimes we feel alone. Sometimes we feel like that nobody's on our side or nobody knows what we're going through. Nobody knows what we're experiencing. I want you to know that God does. And he wants to have that conversation with you. He wants to hear about your day. I mean, so many, I mean, I, I know I've talked about this before, but I, I, listen, if you're like me, there have been times, man, where I feel like I prayed heaven down. I prayed about everything I need to pray about. I mean, I expressed my heart of God. I wept, I laughed and, and had an encounter with the Lord. And then I'm exhausted and I look up and it's been like five minutes. And I mean, anybody? I mean, and I'm going to tell you, yes, I, our quality time with God is, is uh, I mean, we need to have that. But I, I've said this over and over and over this last year. I'm going to tell you again this morning. You also need to have a quantity time with God. I mean, I would dare say you need to tithe your time to God. He shouldn't get the leftovers. He shouldn't get that, that twilight time where you watch as much TV as you can before you go to sleep and then you lay your head down thinking you're going to talk to the Lord and then you don't remember two seconds. We need to pray about everything. Pray about every detail of your life. I, I, for every, every time I think about that, I think of, you may remember N.C. Hammer. You got to pray to make it today, man. Pray about everything. Two aspects of prayer. Prayer gives you the opportunity to release all the contents under pressure. That's a healthy way to unload that. See, Jesus said, come to me, all who are heavy laden and burdened, and you'll find rest. So what do you do? All of that contents that you got bottled up, you bring it over to the Lord and you give it all to him. The very first scripture I ever memorized was 1 Peter 5, 7. Give all your worries and cares to God. Why? Because he cares about you. So you give them over, you hand them over, you, you release them to the Lord. Prayer is a powerful release valve. Here's the second thing when I have found, the listening part of prayer. Did you know that prayer is more than just us venting to God? Prayer is more than just giving all those. We got to do all of those things. We make our requests known to God. We bring our requests to the Lord. We, we, we give him all of those things. But I'm going to tell you, there is a part of prayer where we should just sit and wait and listen. Because a one-way conversation is a speech. It's not a conversation. Are you following me? And I, if there's one person that doesn't need a speech from us, it's God. Amen. The blessing part of prayer will bring refreshing to you. What I find is, is when I wait, when I take the time to wait in the presence of the Lord, I always feel strengthened. I always feel energized. I always feel like God speaks to me. And it may not necessarily be words that I, that I understand. It's just a, a shift in my heart. And the way you experience that is the wait before the Lord. I read about uh, insurance companies and they've done studies and discovered that if you attend church, you will live on average six years longer. Secular insurance companies came up with that. 
There's a lot, maybe someone watching online, you need to hear that. Worry and prayer cannot coexist. Tell God what you need. The third thing is this, thank God for all he's done. And I know last week we kind of focused more on that. Philippians 4, 6 tells us again, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. It's easy to get places and points in life where you feel like that God hasn't done enough or done enough for you. But I'm going to tell you, I mean, I know I said this last week, I'm going to say it again. If God never did another thing for me, he's done enough. Why? He redeemed me from the pit. He saved my soul. He forgave me and redeemed me. He washed me in his blood. If he's never done any, it never does anything else, he's done enough. But you know what? That's not who God is. He will do more. Thanking God after he gives something is gratitude. And so uh, when God does something, we need to give him thanks. But did you know we can also thank God before he does it? When we thank God before he gives it, it's called faith. And so we thank God before and we thank God after. The fourth thing is this. You fix your thoughts on truth. So our passage says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true. Honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. I mean, all of these things are appointment, and we could have made blanks for each one of these, and it could have been, you know, number four could be this whole verse, but it starts with truth. But think about it. Fix your thoughts on truth. What is true? Fix your thoughts on what is honorable. Fix your thoughts on what is right. Fix your thoughts on what is pure. Fix your thoughts on what is lovely. Fix your thoughts on what is admirable. Fix your thoughts on the things of, that are excellence and worthy of praise. Fix your thoughts on truth. I'm one of those that can have entire conversations in my head. Is anybody else wired that way? Like, if I have a gripe or complaint about Angela, I can have that entire argument with my head and her not even be there. And then I get home and I'm in a bad mood and I blame her for everything. Because I've already worked out in my mind what she said, what that she really didn't say, Come on, anybody? I mean, <laughs> I'm really good at that. And I mean, it will, it will make me angry. It will put me in a bad mood. And I, I mean, I've had arguments with some of you. Come on. It's true. You didn't even know you were mad at me, but I did. Because I rehearsed it all in my head. But none of it was true. But that's sure what we can do sometimes. <laughs> I mean, it, it's gotten better over the years, but Angela, she, she would have conversations in her head too. And, uh, but the thing was, um, you know, she, you'd be, like we'd be in the car 
And then, she, you know, I'd be like, hey, do you want to go grab a bite to eat? And she said, no, I don't feel like swimming. <laughs> what are you thinking about right now? I mean, she's in a whole conversation in her head. And, she, you know, you ask a random question and she would answer whatever she's thinking about. But what we have to process and think about is what is true. Some of you have taken the bait from the enemy and believe that where you are in life right now is punishment from God. That is not true. May have we made all the right decisions? Maybe not. Listen, some of you right now, you believe that you're worthless, that it's, there's no point that this pattern in your life will never change. All of those things are lies from the pit of hell. They are not true. You are God's workmanship. You are, I mean, you are God's trophy of grace. God loves you. He cares for you. He promised he would never leave you nor forsake you. He's walking with you right through it. If, if we want to shift in the way that we're thinking and living out life, we got to process and think on what is true. The way you get that truth is you listen and hear God's word. The Bible says that his word will not return void and accomplish what it's sent out to do. Think on what is true. If you want to change your life, then change what you are thinking about. The reality is this, it's been a while since I said it, it's been something I say often here, but if we would just see ourselves the way that God sees us, it would change our life. Because we, you know, we see truth about ourselves, you know, we see made up truth, a perception about ourselves. I mean, all these things get really clouded and, and confusing, but the way you need to see you is the way that God sees you. And God loved you enough that he sent his one and only son to die for you. That's how much God loves you. I know John 3, 16, we know it for God so loved the world, but we got to remember that world and that world is your name, is you. Amen. Number five is this, God protects what you give him. Amen. You know what, if you want to go through life and you want to hold things back from the Lord and you, you, you want to live life, that you, what I have found is the most of the time, if you want to live through life holding that anxiety, you know, holding that weight, holding those burdens, because the way that God has designed us and, and how life works and free will and the power of choice, God will let you do it. If you want to fight every battle on your own, God will let you do it. Come on, somebody. He will. What we have to do is release it and give it all over to him. First Peter 5, 7, cast all of our concerns and cares, all, all of them, all of our anxieties, cast it all to the Lord. 
But it says this, God protects what you give him, Philippians 4, 7. Then you'll experience God's peace. You know what? I want to read this verse in its entirety again. I'm going to have to scroll up here in my notes to, to grab it. But Philippians chapter 4, always be full of joy in the Lord. To always be full of joy in the Lord doesn't mean that you're always happy. Happy is an emotion. The joy of the Lord is something entirely different. The joy of the Lord is a peace at work inside of you that regardless of all what's exploding life around you, that you are still joy that you're serving him, that you're a child of God. And Paul says, I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you're considered in all that you do. Remember the... I mean, there, there's just, you know, when I think about verse five, what I think about, I mean, there's a lot of Christians that uh, may be happy in their heart, but they forgot to tell their face. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all of that he has done. So right, we're going to have joy in the Lord. We are going to rejoice. We're going to live out life in considering all that we do because we know that he's returning. We're not going to worry about anything, but instead we're going to pray about everything and we're going to tell God all, all that we need him to do in our life and we're going to thank him for all that he's done. And then we get to the then. Why is that important? Because when you see a then in scripture, you need to see what it's there for. And that then tells us you do these things then you will experience God's peace. And it's a peace which exceeds anything that we can understand, and it will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't that a powerful promise? But the reality is we've got to do a lot before the then. But we do those things, we shift our, the way we're, our, our thought life, we, we, we give it over to the Lord, we pray about everything, we, we, we work against that worrying about everything, we, we treat those around us right, and it says then, then you'll have a peace, and that peace is going to guard you. What does that mean? I mean, think about it this way, that God... When his peace comes in and invades your life, have you ever known somebody where all hell broke loose in their life, but they still had a smile on their face or a bounce in their step? Or you never knew what battle was going on in their life and then you found out sometime later, you're like, they were going through that? Because that peace, God's peace, when he comes in the situation, it creates a bubble around you. See, the literal meaning when Paul's writing this is the, the, what he's trying to convey is that uh, what, what they understood was that what Paul was saying is that it was like a, a, a Roman army surrounding a city. And that's the imagery that Paul was trying to write when he wrote the Philippians. He said, hey, when God's peace comes in, it's going to guard you just like the Romans guard one of their cities. And God will do the same thing for you. So how does that process out? How, how, does that, how does that walk out? What does that look like? How do we flesh that out? It's this. It's that when that tragedy hits you, 
When that bad news hits you, when that circumstance hits you, when, when, it, when something happens that should just shake up your life, your first response is not panic. Your first response is not, oh no, the, the world's coming apart. Your first response is, God's got this. God's got this. And I want to encourage you, listen, I want to encourage you that you can live life that way. You can experience that peace, that God wants to surround you with a peace that guards you, that protects you. I mean, it's an amazing thing, the things people do to try to find peace. I mean, it really seems like they will try anything whether it be self-medicate or fad diets or books or seminars or a YouTube channel, I mean, what, you know, TikTok, what, I'm going to tell you the only answer is Jesus. And the key to that phrase, as you trust in Christ Jesus. Do you remember what I told you at the beginning of this, that you cannot worry and trust God at the same time? You have to come to the place of complete trust in him. God says, when I trust in Christ, he puts a century guard around my mind and he protects me with his peace. And everything else wants to make me stressed out or, or feel like that, that content's under pressure. But God says, if you trust me, I got this. I got this. I want you to ask you to stand this morning. I mean, it's sometimes it's not all the big things, right? But it's, I mean. Thanks for joining us on this week's podcast. Be sure to tune in next time for more inspirational messages. Connect with us on social media at Odessa First AG. And if you'd like to support our ministry, visit odessafirstassembly.com forward slash giving. Until next time, stay blessed.